San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It's time for your in-depth look at the world of gaming. Here we go! The Meta with Katie Barber. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to The Meta right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. I'm your host, Katie Barber, and I've got James Pledger here with me as always. Hooray! <laughs> We're going to kick off the show with some esports news. Good news for San Antonians and for fans of League of Legends and Call of Duty. Uh, later on, I've got Rob Thompson from R&R in the Morning here to talk about the job he had before he came here, which you may not know much about. Riverboat driver? <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely it. <laughs> he actually he sings, too. Uh, <laughs> then we'll jump into the news where I'll break down what we know about Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard and what that means for some key franchises. Uh, then James and I will wrap with some nerd news. Did you actually know he was a riverboat driver no. before he oh, started here? Was that not a joke? No, that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> After he left EA. Hey, you, you spoiled it. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> After he left, well, I mean, it's the meta, so, you know, people... Figure he had some kind of <laughs> tie in. But after he left EA, and I, that's all I said is EA. I didn't say what he did there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You gotta stay tuned for that. But he drove riverboats here in San Antonio. Really? Yeah. I could see that. I, you know, it's a job that requires you to, you know, speak and be entertaining in some respects. So I guess I can see the overlap. Though if you put it on a Venn diagram, <laughs> there's not very much overlap there. Just really that one specific skill. But he's got some great stories about, like, making up facts. As <laughs> like, it's amazing. So you're telling me there's people out there that took a historical Riverwalk boat tour that believe some just genuinely false facts i'm pretty sure probably actually we're not gonna say that that he did that he absolutely would never do that but that just means that r&r in the morning should do a riverboat uh remote i would love for them to be on a riverboat doing the show um but i guess to start the actual news about esports uh tomorrow Tomorrow, 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 uh, the Greater Gaming Society of San Antonio and YMCA San Antonio are hosting the Smash Ultimate Tournament that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, it's going to be at the Walsam Family YMCA, and doors open at, el- at 11 a.m., and there's more than one bracket here. And that's tomorrow. Yes. Tomorrow. 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 Yes. Tomorrow. Um, it looks it's like only a day away. Just a day away. <laughs> just all right, Annie. And that's, it. And that's in Wincrest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, there's going to be uh, brackets for singles, doubles, and beginners. So if maybe you've only picked it up recently, uh, that's okay. You still have a place to play. Um, proceeds of the tournament will be donated to the YMCA Youth Esports League that we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, but and you can sign up like right now. Or in the morning. <laughs> Preferably right now. Preferably right now um, at smash.gg slash royal brawl. Uh, definitely make it out there. Uh, there's a chance to support this new burgeoning youth esports league that the YMCA in San Antonio is putting on. We've talked about this multiple times. Mm-hmm. Chris Sines, who is overseeing it and who is the CEO of the Texas Gaming Empire, has been on the show and talked about it. Yep. Registration closes on Monday. So if you want your kids to be involved in this first of its kind virtual esports e league, now is the time. You have until Monday. They've got Madden, they've got FIFA, they've got 2K, they've got Rocket League. 
Fortnite, Magic the Gathering, Smash, Smash. <laughs> right? Exactly. And Mario Kart 8 Deluxe or Deluxe 8, whatever you want to say about it. <laughs> um, and, and for like Rocket League and Fortnite, you've got solos, you've mm-hmm. got duos. So there's a lot of opportunity. And it's like kids 12 to 17 um, to start. And as time goes on, they hope to include some other age brackets. But you, your kids can compete from the comfort of your own home without mm-hmm. any fear of COVID. And, and, you know, still get in that socialization time that a lot of kids really don't have the opportunity to do now, especially as we're still dealing with the vid. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's just great for kids to be able to get together. And now the why, which has really driven and led the way in developing youth sports for whether it's basketball or uh, football or soccer, mm-hmm. like the why has been a big proponent of all of these things. Esports is taking off in a big way mm-hmm. and it lets them get in on the ground floor at an early age. And why not foster that skill? Exactly. And and not all schools, like like <laughs> school-aged kids' schools, not a lot of them have these opportunities. Some may, um, but there's really just not as much opportunity out there. Chris is trying his best to get a lot of these leagues started for kids, and this is really his big first footprint here in San Antonio. And I, I believe it's also going to be some Austin-area kids are going to be able to be involved as well through, through the Y there. So it's a really, really great opportunity. So just go to the Y's website, check it out, look at things that are upcoming. Mm-hmm. Of course, we, we're talking about this Smash Ultimate tournament, which is tomorrow mm-hmm. out at the Walsam Family Y in Wincrest. Right. That's separate from what we're talking about. 11 in the about. morning. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they have lots of things that you can do and sign up for in terms yes. of esports. So go check out the WISE webpage. Mm-hmm. Look at the opportunities that are available for your kids because, trust me, you want your kids out of your hair a little bit. I get it. Everybody, <laughs> everybody wants a little bit of free time to buy themselves. This allows you to do that. A hundred percent. Uh, and if you're looking for <laughs> some other things to do this weekend, and this is about my first esports love, League of Legends. So <laughs> <laughs> my first love of competitive games. Uh, and the first pl- the first game I ever went and watched, like, in-person <laughs> esports tournaments for. Um, professional play. Professional. By, by the way, yeah. I started Arcane. Oh, yes. Freaking love it. Yes. Amazing. The anim- Not only is the story amazing... Um, just the animation style in it is just mind blowing. Like, yeah. like very unique, very first of its kind, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> and that's like the tip of the iceberg. What they show in Arcane in terms of the characters, yeah. and in the world, like we're but it's talking based about on League of Legends. Yes, and... yeah, it's fantastic. I could talk about it for way too long. I've also <laughs> I also started playing League of Legends again in like the last two weeks. So nice. I don't know about that, but <laughs> <laughs> time consuming. But back to the topic at hand. Uh, the the League of Legends LCS uh, is kicking off. They started with um with the LCS lock in, so it's their kickoff tournament mm-hmm. that they do. Uh, the group stage is gonna is going through today, and then um and the quarterfinals after the group stage will start this weekend with mm-hmm. final, semifinals um, and finals next Saturday um, and Sunday. So it's a, it's a big deal. It's a kind of an exhibition to see all of the pro the pro teams in the in North America. They're all going to be going head to head at various times through the year until the world finals at the end of the year. Yes, and as an exhibition, still one hundred and fifty. Thousand yes. dollars on Dude, the line. That's the money we're talking about with this. With League of Legends, it's insane what the pro community has <laughs> at its fingertips. So we're talking about not YMCA just... esports right, youth let's league. Go, let's Come on go. now, you got to foster the, the one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on the line for an exhibition. Right. 
I, and it's really just a showcase, like talent. It, yeah, That's exactly. It. It's 100%. a talent showcase. That's all it is. So, you know, this will be the tenth professional League of Legends season um, to really go underway, and. Just the way that the scene has changed over the years, it's been insane. Just the scope and the scale has dramatically increased. But you have to realize, as popular as it is in North America, I mean, League of Legends is a game that's developed here in the U.S. But if we're talking... Dwarfed. Yeah, dwarfed. (laughs) Uh, We're we're talking... I I, I don't have... I wish I would have actually looked this up or thought about it. But if you look at the world champion teams over the last 10 years, Mm -hmm. North America, I don't hasn't even in Europe too they have they are not on the list of countries that no. have become world champions so the, it's a the lot pro of Asia play, a lot of Europe oh, oh yeah a lot it's it's insane the when you look at the pro play compared to how I play yeah <laughs> like and I think that's why I've always enjoyed watching it because it's really great for learning the game strategy mm-hmm. at a higher level uh, it's really frustrating when you understand the strategy, but, but can't do it. <laughs> right, but your input <laughs> is not as good. Uh, but it, it's one of those games where the fan base can be kind of toxic, but the, the pro play is really fun to watch. Um, the teams shift a lot like pro, pro player teams. Mm-hmm. Like we've been seeing in the offseason, a lot of teams like TSM losing key members with some drama actually going on legally with them too. Uh, so it's really interesting from a top-down perspective. Yeah, how It's a lot like watching a professional sport. Truly. Like, it's watching the Dallas Cowboys with all the drama that's unfolding. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah, it really it's, is. It, it truly is. I mean, that's what it boils down to. And when you're in it, it becomes very fun to follow. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think that's when I got into watching streams back yeah. in the day, too. Like, back before Twitch existed, it was Justin TV. Yeah. <laughs> it was that, uh, Restream, as, what else? As there was an Azubu. Azubu. Uh, and then there was, a yeah. There, so this is before Twitch became Twitch, yes. as it is today. Um, but watching the pro players, they you most of them live in a house together because they practice a gazillion hours a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just kind of watching the drama unfold, almost like a season of Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's really interesting. Um, and I find, of course, you can probably find that in other uh, esports, you know, games games that have esports leagues. But league is just kind of on a whole other level. Um, for Call of Duty. We've got Vanguard out now, and mm-hmm. that means the next season of Call of Duty Pro Play uh, is is here. It's kicking off this week, and they're playing the tournament in the Arlington Esports Stadium, so just up yeah. in North Texas. Uh, Twelve teams will go head-to-head through Sunday for a chance to take home 30000 I know that's not 150000 but I could... I could, I could use, do some damage with $30,000. Right. I could absolutely... I, w- I would be happy... For with, a weekend's work? Yes, of, of <laughs> Call of Duty. Which I'm going to be talking about Call of Duty a lot more than I expected this week for a lot of other reasons. <laughs> um, but before we get to um, that conversation, up next we're going to have Rob Thompson on. Um, and we're going to learn a little bit about his past. And you may have heard him on um, some some games back in the day. I don't want to make it seem like it was forever ago. but Could you say he was in the game? You could say he was in the game. (laughs) And so we're going to take a real quick break. We'll have Rob Thompson back with us right here on the Meta, your home for everything gaming and esports. I'm Katie Barber, and you are listening to San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. The Meta with Katie Barber on San Antonio Sports Star. Welcome back to the Meta right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. I'm your host, Katie Barber, and I've got a very familiar voice here with me today. 
If you listen to the uh, to Sports Star in the morning, I've got one of the R's here, Rob Thompson. Hello, how are you? Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm doing great. <laughs> Glad to be here, Katie. I'm excited about this. I'm very excited. And I was incredibly shocked to learn that um, if you've played some of the older Madden games, you may have heard Rob Thompson's you, voice. You might have way back when. <laughs> I've done a little bit of work. I worked with EA Sports back uh, and from 2008, and I did some spot work with them for about four years. Uh, I went over there as a radio guy and left a video gamer. I, I <laughs> had an opportunity to go in and, and work with a division that was going to be known as Sports World inside the gaming world. And keep in mind, this was about a decade ago. And it was, we were really trying to fill our depth and find our, find our space in the bandwidth that is the video gaming online. So we began, uh, I did a radio show that was broadcast exclusively through those channels. We would, join games that were going on live and we would do some play-by-play stuff i hosted a a weekly uh sports talk radio show with ea and did a lot of voices on games as well so it was a good time and so what what's the time frame we're talking about like what from 08 to 12 okay and and the ea sports office that one was in florida it was we were in orlando florida in maitland florida Mm-hmm. The Tiburon headquarters is what they were known as. And so, were you working alongside like the the programmers and the and the developers? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the the the, uh, the location now the the EA headquarters is in Redwood City in San Francisco. It's in the the tech area. Tiburon was the original manufacturer of Madden, and when EA bought Tiburon. Uh, they be, that became a Madden, uh, an EA property, and they moved down there. So in Florida, it was all of your games. That Madden was built there, uh, NHL, FIFA. Um, back when the Wii was getting going, all of the Wii <laughs> games. Yeah. Um, if there was a sports franchise, we we built it either in Orlando or in Vancouver, uh, BC, up there where we had a a big production facility as well. And if you had to compare working in radio um, here, like like mm-hmm. terrestrial radio to working in radio with EA Sports, like what, what was that experience like? It was, it was <laughs> very much the same with better stuff. That's <laughs> what it was. More expensive toys. You know, the, I think the biggest adjustment for me from leaving radio and going into the video gaming industry was, you know, a, a video game, if you look at it, an individual video game as a movie, I think you get a better idea of what you're doing because there is a production. They produce it. It takes several years to create. Mm-hmm. There's a release date, and then it goes off into the ether, and then people spread out and do other things, and then you might come back for a sequel. So the the production, everything that goes along with creating a video game kind of mirrors what movies do. I didn't expect that, and it's a different kind of timeline, but you know, radio, television, media, whatever it might be, entertainment at the end of the day is what we're doing, whether mm-hmm. you're you're typing code or you're talking or you're creating inside of the video game. So it really wasn't that different. We were just focused in a very different way. It wasn't a daily thing. It was more like an 18-month plan. But every day it felt very much like radio. I sat in front of a mic. I talked an awful <laughs> lot. It was just more to uh, more to tape and more to, to the game than it was live. I've ha- I've been fortunate to do some work with EA BioWare, so they have an mm-hmm. uh, an office in Austin, right. and it was one of the coolest places I've been. Uh, they had a lot of really really cool amenities, like a special commissary, like specialty, like entertainment rooms. Right. Was did the, the facility and uh, and all of that? All- you know, one of the other things that was you you get what's known as the crush. And as you get closer and closer to release date for a video game, your programmers, your code writers, which there could be hundreds of them, mm-hmm. spend 20 hours a day there, either writing code, fixing code, or waiting for it to buffer so they can do it. So they have a lot of downtime, but not a lot of time to leave. So when you go to a video game 
headquarters like that. The commissary's huge. They're pumping. They're pumping free Red Bull and every caffeinated drink. You've got food, so there's no need to leave. And because of that, it's a very fun atmosphere because you blow off steam with a video game room and they've got movie rooms. So mm-hmm. it is truly the very best. But the idea is keep everybody comfortable because the game's going out regardless. We need some of that here. <laughs> I feel like we've got that, but it's on a 24-hour clock That's instead right. of an 18-month clock. Um, you know, it's the Madden franchise has been a really great mainstay, you know, in terms of bringing games, uh, bringing Sports. I was about to conflate the word games here with a lot of different things, but bringing sports um, to uh, on a top-down level, like managing teams um, and getting the full game experience for people like me who mm-hmm. didn't play sports. Uh, but so it's great to see that they are still doing it now. Have you played any of the recent Madden games? Oh, absolutely. So, uh, always a gamer. Yes. Yeah. Always. Always. Uh, what's so? What's your favorite sports game then? Well, Madden is the Madden's the gateway drug. I think. <laughs> I think Madden and uh, probably Mario Brothers yes. are more uh, are responsible for more video gamers than any other two games. I mean, it, uh, there's probably a first-person shooter out there as well that probably falls into that. But anybody who started Madden, your parents were more than willing to buy you Madden, where they might not have bought you Halo back in the day because yeah. you were shooting. So I think that is, all of the iterations have kind of grown the, the uh, game. So I still play Madden. I have a soft spot for NBA Live, which mm-hmm. was the EAA product, as 2K began to grow that. Yep. I thought NBA Live was actually a very good game. It just didn't get the, the traction that 2K. So that's one that I enjoy. One of the things that people, when you look at video games, the drivers behind the games are pretty standard. Mm-hmm. So when we worked at EA, the, the hierarchy was such that you invested a lot in one primary game, and what came out of that could fall into a variety of others. And for us, FIFA... Mm-hmm. was by far the biggest selling game. It's far crazy. and away bigger than Madden. Insane. An international presence, the likes of which Madden can't even touch. So the the majority of the uh, the investment went into the development of FIFA. Mm-hmm. And the drivers behind that, you'd pull some of it out that would work in Madden. A lot of it, you know, soccer and hockey are very much, so they could pull it out and made NHL a spectacular yeah. game. NHL was as easy playable game as anything that EA ever produced. Now, it's never going to be as big as Madden because of the... The populace, but as far as execution, it, 08, 09, and 10, those mat, those NHL games were as clean and as good mm-hmm. as anything manufactured. So what I learned was if I got good at Madden, suddenly I got good at NHL. If I got good <laughs> at FIFA, I could go play uh, those games because the, the the stick movement were the same. Right. Well, so I'm very much still a gamer. How about uh, the possible return? Well, we know, we know it's going to come back as the NCAA games. They 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 teased it that it is going to it's come coming. back. But with but with the nil rules still uh, playing themselves out, I was part. I was at EA when uh, college football died. That's when the 14? NCAA football went away because of the NI, the uh, the likeness payments. Uh, you know, this goes back several years to a UCLA football a basketball player named Ed O'Bannon mm-hmm. who had seen his likeness on a video game and realized he had never gotten a penny for that. And the lawsuits went through for years, and then until finally the Supreme Court decided that those players, if you're going to use their likeness, they got to get paid, mm-hmm. and that killed that game. The availability is back, and the game is coming. I mm-hmm. have it on good account; it is coming. I expect it within the next two years, and there yeah. will be guys getting paid, uh, others that won't. But the anybody who ever played Dynasty Mode in NCAA <laughs> football knows what we missed. It was a spectacular time, and we need it back. When when I was in college at Texas A and M, I was an assistant manager at the GameStop that's pretty right. close to campus, and it was in that time that NCAA 
at the time you were working there, right. I was selling the games, uh, and that was when NCAA went away. And for years, they Tragic. like that game would was still pre owned sixty dollars two years later because people loved that that franchise um, of the of the EA Sports games, but. They it was rich, have, yeah. and it was deep, and you could continue. You didn't need to buy a new one, which was a kind of an issue in the game itself. Right, especially when you're looking at annual releases. Right, but it was one of those, for other, those of us that were sports games primary, if you weren't playing NCAA football, then you just weren't having the kind of fun that you deserved. Oh, definitely. Well, Rob, thank you so much for coming on Pleasure. and sharing your experience. I love I don't your know. show. I love it. <laughs> well, and thank you for letting the meta be a thing here on San Antonio Sports Star. It's been a dream of mine to have my own show like this, and you have helped me make, me make it come true, and so has Pledger, yes, who has yes. not spoken yet, uh, <laughs> but he's here. Um, so uh, after this break, we'll be right back. We're going to cover some game news. We've got the big acquisition of... Activision Blizzard by Microsoft. <laughs> we'll be back right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. The Meta with Katie Barber on San Antonio Sports Star. Welcome back to the Meta, your source for all things gaming and esports right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. Remember, if you've missed any of today's show, you can always catch the podcast online at sasportstar.com under the audio vault. I've got James Pledger here with me, and it's been a big week in gaming, uh, especially when it comes to business. Now, I thought it was a big deal when Microsoft bought Bethesda last year, but, you know, 2022 has been full of surprises. Uh, a lot of them, Rip, uh, Betty White, Bob Saget, <laughs> Meatloaf <laughs> Today, uh, and but now we've got uh, Microsoft with buying Activision Blizzard. Which isn't particularly surprising. Activision Blizzard's been under scrutiny for a while. They're, yeah. they're facing some federal lawsuits in California. Uh, it's a big ol' mess. And uh, I guess Phil Spencer at Xbox was like, hmm, I can fix that. Why <laughs> with, not? Mm. With almost $70 billion. We were talking about, I could do some damage with $30,000. <laughs> right? Imagine what I could do with $70 billion. Billion. With a B. With a buff. <laughs> and and when, when we're talking about Activision Blizzard, we're talking about World of Warcraft, Overwatch, Call of Duty. Um, and so there's a lot of implications for this. Uh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> Phil Spencer said in a statement when the acquisition was first announced that for the time being, until it's done, Bobby Kotick, who is the CEO currently of Activision Blizzard, mm -hmm. will remain in that position. But once the... He didn't say but, because <laughs> that, would, that would imply... That would... But it would seem more definitive, but there's an implied but there that says that once the acquisition's pretty much legally uh, completed, mm -hmm. all of the Activision Blizzard employees will report to him. Um, so it's kind of implying that Kodak will probably be ousted as CEO. He's probably going to have hundreds of millions of dollars in contractual obligations to get him out of his contract or whatever it is. So don't be surprised when you see that. But he's kind of. Kodak has people have been calling for him to be fired over exactly. over these uh, its issues with uh, sexual harassment. Even mm -hmm. some of some of which discrimination, reportedly, yeah, came by came from him. Um, and then just kind of let, letting these stories that we've heard from the video game industry over over years and years, not just from Activision Blizzard, but we've also heard it from Ubisoft. We heard it from Atari. You know, this is not particularly new information. It doesn't make it okay. Um, but we're I hit my knee. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we, but but it's a big deal. Um, and I think the 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 big concern here, like what we saw with the Bethesda acquisition, we know now that Elder Scrolls Six 
will be an Xbox exclusive. We know now that the new IP, Starfield by Bethesda, which was announced way before the um, before the acquisition was announced, is going to be an Xbox exclusive. So what does that mean for Call of Duty? Which, in 2015, the CEO of PlayStation said, PlayStation is the home of Call of Duty. Yeah. I guess he should have said, for now. <laughs> for now. Um, but it- when you talk about games like Elder Scrolls Six and the following that it has, yeah, like that's... I know a bunch of PS users that play ESO mm-hmm. on PS. Which I, you would you would assume that they're going to keep that. I would at think least the multi-plat like it's <clears throat> beneficial to keep it as a multi-platform game for just that reason. Like, why would you limit the amount that you can deliver a certain product to? Yeah. I've never understood that, like Halo being an Xbox exclusive. Like, I've never understood the exclusives of you can only get this game on this platform because you're limiting Mm -hmm. the the purchase power of said game. And see, I can... See, here's where I'm at with that whole conversation, right? So when we think about video games on a timeline, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got companies that were originally, like, you had, you know different cartridge cartridge based consoles even Sega, like proprietary Nintendo but the, and when you're making those cartridges the, the, those are going to be proprietary software right mm-hmm. you're, those are going to be proprietary hardware that is has software Atari. installed on it right exactly um, and then we moved kind of into the disc era of console gaming you had the PlayStation there was a Sega CD very briefly um, Dreamcast and, right and even then like one of the, and this is a, I promise this is relevant, but one of the most devastating moments as a child, right? <laughs> Which, Scratching your CDs? No. So I went to the mom and pop video game rental store where yes. I, where that, that I, I was, so I had to have been, I had my PlayStation because that's what the story is based on. So this, I had to have been like eight or nine. I don't understand disc formats. I th- feel like a lot of people. One goes to the other. Right. It's exactly. all discs. So I, it's like you know, a I'm CD. There. It works in any CD player. <laughs> right. I'm at the store. I'm at the video game rental store and I'm looking through games. I can barely read. You know, I can <laughs> read, but like, I don't, you know, I don't know. Like as a kid, you just don't know the difference between like the, um, the Dreamcast and the PlayStation. Right. Okay. I just know that a disc goes in the PlayStation. So and if I see a disc. disc, then I know it's going to play. In my PlayStation, right? Versus the car, you know. And I knew your it- parents don't know any better. Oh, no. No, no, no. My dad was a total Luddite. He was super old. Like, I'm talking <laughs> in his 60s, in the 90s. <laughs> like, real old. So, all he wanted to do was watch his TV shows. My mom just liked playing Tetris on mm-hmm. the PlayStation. That was about the extent of it. Um, so, I was left to my own devices. Yes. So, I'm. they would just take me to the, they would take me to buy my games or rent my games. And that was that. So I found a game. I can't even remember what it was. I was God, so video I mean, I was game so rentals upset. were I, so great. I know I miss it. I I I truly do miss like just going down nostalgia memory lane yeah. here, <laughs> like the ability to basically demo a game mm-hmm. to see if I wanted to buy it. Right. Like the the ability to go rent it for two three days, and if I enjoyed the game, I would buy it. Mm-hmm. If the game was frustrating or overly complex or just not great graphics or the storyline wasn't good. I didn't buy it. Like but I say I, great graphics like back in the day. Like, or, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, seriously though, because <laughs> no, I understand what you mean though. For, it's, it was perfect. I feel like 
My only ex- right, but and it that feels went away. it feels like it went away to the detriment. No, because mm-hmm. I know, especially growing up, the having to purchase my own games. The older I got, like the ability to demo a game before deciding whether I was going to spend sixty dollars on it, kind of shut me off from just going and dropping $60 or $70 on a game that I didn't even know if I was going to like or not. Right. I mean, like you, you, you just all have... you're doing is buying franchises at this point because you've played the franchise mm-hmm. and you expect that franchise to be similar and slightly updated. Right. I mean, and there were some magazines out in the day, you know, but we just don't, we definitely had did not have access to um podcasts and YouTube channels and you know like there's so many more ways now for us to get an idea of what games are going to be like before they come out or what developers say games are are going to be like before they come out but it's one thing <laughs> to watch somebody else play it and like mm-hmm. get the gist of it versus then, actually feeling the mechanics yeah, in your own hands because maybe you just don't like the mechanics of, of how the the controllers laid out like right. uh, uh, however they have their button uh format laid out like Whatever it may be, mm-hmm. it just may be something that you just personally don't like. For sure. And that was the beauty of rentals. And I'm sorry I derailed no, your story. It was good. I mean, I derailed the conversation first. But you were <laughs> you were buying a Dreamcast game no, for your PlayStation. So, no, no. So what I did is I found a game I wanted to play. I'm trying to think of what it was. Like maybe it was like the Emperor's New Groove like game. Nice. Out, right. I can't remember what it was. Um, because I didn't get to play it because when I took it home. This disc, this game on a disc, I assumed would work on my PlayStation. Um, and I spent probably an hour because I would put the disc in, I would close it, and I'd hit the, the power button, and nothing would Discreet happen. Error. Right. And of course, you know, I'm like, maybe it's not plugged in right. Maybe my dad unplugged the, the PlayStation. Maybe it's just scratched and I need to wipe it off, you know, you know, <laughs> whatever it was. But no, the answer was it's a freaking Dreamcast disc, and it doesn't work on my PlayStation because the file formats were not yeah they were different they're coded differently exactly um but you know we you had the playstation games that would be like four or five discs long mm-hmm. you know or whatever it was and then as we moved to they, they moved to cdrs on the playstation yep. 2 um on the xbox xbox 360 was still cdr yep <clears throat> so i mean then the, the the disc format's the same at that point it's just proprietary the games aren't going to work on each other's consoles because that's not how business works um, and then now we've got Blu-ray discs that hold massively more and a massive amount of data. Yes. Um, even though you, it just really essentially a disc is and now, a download. <laughs> and now we've gotten to the point where you're not even buying a disc. You're just downloading the game off right. the store and it's saved into the memory file of the gaming system itself. And you can buy excess memory for it to store more games. Right. So, so at the very beginning of, of, of these console wars that have been around for forever. I mean, I could see why there was not a cross-platform opportunity because it was just monetization. Di- it was just difficult, right? They were was, trying to monetize it. Right. Though. And then now it's it's purely a business decision. And I I mean, I understand Halo has been Microsoft's for forever. You know, Uncharted has been Sony's forever. Mm-hmm. But and uh, you know, maybe I'm just sounding like <laughs> <laughs> an upset PlayStation fangirl, but you know, I think it's really unfair for people to PlayStation have... fanboy, so it's right. fine. Go ahead. Right. We're gonna lose a lot of listeners for this probably. Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I just don't think it's fair to take to take franchises that were always on all of these platforms and putting them exclusively on 
Microsoft platforms. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that's PC right now, I mean, I would assume it is PC. So really, the only people that are, are being left out of the mix are going to be PlayStation and Nintendo. Um, <clears throat> but so and, and the whole point of this was, was, to, was <laughs> there was a point to this. There right. was, but be, it's because, you know, Overwatch is cross platform. It's on yes. everything. It's on the switch. You've got World Call of, War- of Duty. Right. Call of Duty has been it's been cross platform for at home on the PlayStation, but also cross platform. So these are the specific. This is I'm just going to read what the specific statements were. So Phil Spencer, the CEO at Xbox, says mm-hmm. had good calls this week with the leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry, and we value our relationship. Right? <laughs> cool. That's fine. And Sony, though, Sony says, we expect that Microsoft, they said this today, that we expect that Microsoft will abide by contractual agreements and continue to ensure Activision games are multi-platform. So I think the key words here are contractual obligations. I don't know what the contracts say. I couldn't tell you what the, you know. Mm-hmm. I couldn't or tell you what if that a is. company's bought out, what that does to those contracts. Right. I'm not a business lawyer. I'm just on the radio, you know. <laughs> I spent all my free time playing video games. I wasn't in a holiday (laughs) in last night. (laughs) Seriously. Um, And then uh, uh, Bloomberg, who reported, and and this is Jason Schreier. He used to be the editor-in-chief over at Kotaku, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's he's somebody that has a lot of, he he typically breaks a lot of news. He talked with some sources at Microsoft that said Microsoft will, quote, keep some of Activision's games on PlayStation consoles, but, quote, some content, end quote, will be exclusive to Microsoft and Xbox. They said it's not our intent to pull communities away from that platform, and we remained committed to that. So, you know, it really could go either way. I I think it's not... It's not helpful to get really upset or really... I mean, you could be really happy. That doesn't really... That doesn't change anything. But I think it's not really necessary to get really upset because we just need to wait and see what actually is going to happen. They could say all day long they're going to do one thing, and then when everything's legally done, everything changes. Yes. You know? Happens all the time. And mm. and for me, what I want is I want Diablo 4 to come out. I want Overwatch right. 2 to come out. Both those games have been delayed at, le- at, at least a year Ad at nauseum. this point. Uh, yeah, it's it's insane. I I am somebody. I've been playing Overwatch. I've been playing two games of Overwatch, maybe a day. If you had to space out all the games I've played since yeah. it launched, that was the game I, I I jumped from League of Legends to Overwatch. I, I don't have the mental capacity to have a lot of competitive games yeah. <laughs> in my repertoire. But um, and in my opinion, developers of Overwatch have really, really stopped giving a crap about Overwatch to be hyperbolic about. You know, they haven't really released new champions. They, mm-hmm. they really haven't been releasing new maps. Aside from balancing some things and reworking champions, it's been very, very, very light. Event skins suck. There hasn't, there haven't been, like, there's been some here or there. Like, there was a, a couple of Halloween ones that were cool, a couple of Christmas. It feels like an afterthought now. 100%. And I hope that, my hope is that with this acquisition, that perhaps we'll see a greater, a renewed focus on putting out... Diablo 4 was announced forever ago, and you know what they... <laughs> the worst thing about let it that, out, Katie. The, I'm so, I'm so no, no, let it out. So this the worst good. thing, the worst thing was at BlizzCon a couple years ago when we were expecting the Diablo Four announcement. Yeah, they were like, you know, everybody's got phones. We're gonna make a, a mobile Diablo game, <laughs> <laughs> like totally blue balling everybody ready for Diablo Four. Mm-hmm. You know, they and, and they took Diablo, which was a PC only game, Diablo Three, and they made it cross platform. They put it yeah. on PlayStation first when the PS4 first came out. It was I one remember. of the first. 
Blizzard games to go on consoles, and then they put it on Xbox. You know, I'll be really pissed if I can't pick it up on my PlayStation because that's what I've played it on predominantly. Exactly. I'm, and, a, I'm a creature of habit, okay? <laughs> and in terms of Overwatch, and this is frustrating on multiple fronts because it feels like Overwatch 2 should have been done forever ago. Forever ago. It is such an insanely they announced it popular. Two, three years ago? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. About three years ago, because, yeah, that would have been pre COVID. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's just one of those things that is so insanely popular and has such a following, whether you're talking about cosplay Mm -hmm. or the game itself, esports, all of it. Overwatch is a dominant force in gaming. And it just feels like Overwatch 2 has just been forgotten about. I mean, let's talk about the fact that if you look at at Blizzard's esports leagues, you know, StarCraft has been a very popular... This might be why the company's failing. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> like, I mean, StarCraft is I mean, Starcraft is probably one of the... For, aside from World of Warcraft, StarCraft is up there in terms of yes. titles that are recognizable to me by name. Um, they, they, it has had a huge following competitively for a long time. When I went... <laughs> I talked about going to um, MLG in 2012, which was... Or, Wow, 2012, 20, yeah, because that would have been yeah. when Halo 4 came out, and that was the when I watched Halo 4, right before Halo 4 came out, it was the first competitive event for Halo 4. I was there to watch League of Legends, watch my t- favorite team at the time was TSM, <laughs> which, are, <laughs> which are playing in the lock-in tournament this yep. week, uh, and I think they lost. <laughs> um, but StarCraft was there. You know, StarCraft, in terms of strategy games, is one of the most popular competitively played games. Um, you saw, you saw, international players moving to the United States to play StarCraft internationally here in the United States, even 10 years ago. But what do they have now? I mean, they have Overwatch League. That's where they've been. Seems like they've been putting all their money. Heroes of the Storm, not a particular. I think that they've, I don't even know if they're updating Heroes of the Storm anymore. You know, so it feels like to me that they're ignoring, (laughs) you know, a huge moneymaker for them. They've invested so much money in Overwatch League. We've got a Houston Overwatch League team. We've got a Dallas Overwatch League team. It's like, what does this mean for them, this delay? So I'm hoping, my, my positive takeaway is that perhaps we'll actually see something get done with these franchises that Blizzard's just been holding on to. Um, I mean, people were shocked when Activision and Blizzard merged up a while ago. Mm-hmm. I was not particularly happy to see Call of Duty in my Blizz, my Blizznet. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Um, but I mean, we're just, really, just going to have to see what happens. Um, Let's hope. The, this is good news, though. Right. Like, when, when it all boils down to it, there are a ton of negatives that could come out of this, single platforms, but there could also be a big positive, and that is the fact that they're going to take some of the champion labels like Diablo, like Overwatch, and maybe make them more of a priority since they seem to have fallen to the black uh, to the back. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and something to keep in mind, too. So Phil Spencer talked with the Washington Post. And one of the things, uh, like this week also, after that news came out, and one of the things that he's excited about that is exciting is that there's games in the vault, IPs in the vault mm-hmm. that Activision Blizzard own that he would love to see revived. Guitar Hero. There has a, I mean, Guitar Hero, they, there was a Guitar Hero Live that came out um, on the Xbox One. Insanely popular game. Right, but, it, but, it, it, but they really didn't put the time and energy into it that made the Guitar Hero franchise so wildly popular. They, they, he also said King's Quest. He brought up a franchise called um, uh, Hex Tech, I think is what it's mm-hmm. called. 
<clears throat> or Hexen. It's more of a, that one has more of a cult following. But so there is good news. Spyro the Dragon, another IP that really hasn't seen much other than a, you know, a collection that you could buy of old, remastered older games. So there's, there's a lot of potential good. There's a lot of potential not so, not so good in, depending on who you talk to. So we're just going to have to wait and see. But this was absolutely the biggest piece of news to come out. Like I guess I thought it was huge when Microsoft bought Bethesda. This just blew that away. I mean, Microsoft's just trying to buy the world, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, unfortunately, that's going to be all the time we have for news. <laughs> so we'll be back next week with more news. But th- I just needed to really talk about this extensively. No. Also about my disappointments as a child um, by <laughs> exactly. renting a Dreamcast game. So, uh, But we'll be back. We'll, uh, just after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the some of the game or the show news that dropped this week, like uh, the Lord of the Rings title reveal, is a pretty big deal. Uh, so we'll be right back here on the Meta on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM twelve fifty and ninety four five FM. The Meta with Katie Barbo on San Antonio Sports Star. Welcome back to the Meta, your source for all things gaming and esports, right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. I'm your host, Katie Barber, and I've got S- San Antonio Sports Star's James Pledger here with me. <laughs> uh, we've got some fun news for fans of uh, the Hill family, the city of Arlen here in Texas. Uh, we, we, we learned... <laughs> It's been rumored for a while that King of the Hill was going to be revived. You know, it's been going on for years, but we got that confirmation. Boy ain't right. Huh? That boy ain't right. If that boy ain't right. <laughs> can say that about all of us here. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we learned today that uh, Mike Judge and Greg Daniels, who, who created the show mm-hmm. and have worked on some pretty big shows like The Beavis Office. Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead. You've got The Office. You've got uh, Space Force with Steve Carell. Space Force was really good. Yeah, and, and so they announced today. They they gave some details on this new animation company that they're 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 launching called Bandera uh, Animation. Mm-hmm. And uh, among the projects that are uh, are slated, so they announced a while Beavis and Butthead's getting a revival. Um, King of the Hill will be revived. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be an animated series based on Space Force. So there's some really cool things there. They didn't say specifically whether or not it was going to take place in the future, like 10, 15 years later, or pick up from the finale. But uh, a, a, a writer for The Office that worked on <laughs> that that worked with uh, the creators of King of the Hill did an AMA on Reddit last year that pretty much spilled the beans. Uh, you have to take what he says with a grain of salt. But what he said <laughs> is it's supposed to take place like 15 years in the future. Oh. I'm, I'm predicting Dale starts QAnon. <laughs> if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one, and uh, <laughs> but that would be the one. Uh, other big news is we've known that there's going to be a Lord of the Rings spinoff TV show on Amazon, and we learned the name of it today. We knew it was going to be a prequel, but we it's going to be the Rings of Power. Unsurprising. Um, I mean, it is Lord of the Rings, but it's going to take place during the forging of the Rings of Power. Yeah. So. Um, Which is exciting. Yes, very exciting. I think showrunner said that the Rings of the Power unites all the major stories of the Middle Earth's Second Age: the forging of the rings, the rise of the Dark Lord Sauron, ooh, and mm-hmm. the epic tale of Numenor, the last alliance of elves and men. So it's it's going to be a really great show for 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 y'all who love the lore of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Middle Earth, Middle Earth, and other big things. You know, Peacemaker came out last week. Book, Book of Boba Fett still out, um, still coming out. So uh, I'm intrigued by Peacemaker. I haven't seen I haven't seen it yet. I haven't jumped in, but I'm very intrigued. See, I, 
I loved his character in the movie. I did too, but I loved it until I well, hated right. him. Right. <laughs> I, I loved. I loved how you know when you take entertainers like that weren't actors to begin with. I guess you could say wrestlers are actors, but <laughs> depending on your school of thought. But you know, just not you know not actors in that they came up yeah. doing commercials and, in acting school. I mean, he may have done that or whatever. But you love to see people like The Rock, like John Cena. You know really take their talents to the next level. And I thought that he surprised me. I always kind of expect kind of a cringy performance from these guys. Um, and he was one of my favorite characters until yes. he wasn't, you know, but <laughs> even then I, I felt like the twist made sense. It did. There. It absolutely did. <laughs> so I, I'll probably start that this weekend. I just haven't had a chance to yet. I've been playing too much League of Legends, I guess. <laughs> Book of Fett's been really fun too. Disney yeah. plus, God, they can just have all of my money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. The the content that they're putting out has been so great. Oh, and by the way, not on the rundown, d- this week during the Monday night playoff game, we had ourselves a first trailer for Moon Knight oh, on yeah. Disney+. Plus. Yes, I can't believe I didn't have that. Yes, that was a big deal. Which, Oscar Isaac, this this show looks like it's going to be insane. I'm so ready. Mm. And <laughs> it, it's so great because it's dealing with a person and Mark Spector who deals with DID and schizophrenia mm-hmm. and uh, multiple He's not your person- normal uh, superhero. No, it is a very <laughs> dark and disturbing take on a superhero. Anti-hero is probably a better classification for him in the vein of a Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but- Do you know if this is supposed to, where this is taking, where it because it's going to be a show mm-hmm. and where it's taking place in the timeline. I, I Everything they've put out recently has been continuous current time. Okay. So I'm imagining it's following this path. Did you also see the news that, um, what's his name? Uh, I forgot his name, but uh, oh, he the was actor play, just died. Midnight, Midnight in, Man. Yeah. He just died in a skiing accident. He's 37. Yes. It's like you split the change between us. I don't. I'm not prepared. I'm not. I'm not prepared for that. That's that's de- devastating. Midnight Man. I mean, is he? I'm not as. Uh, I don't know too much. About yeah, Moon Knight's Moon. a rather obscure character, and uh, therefore most of his rogues gallery is also pretty. So obscure. I, I I I don't know, but I'm curious about where in the. <clears throat> Like how how important his character is to the lore of the show, you know. Well, it's a I mean it's as important as you know a Killmonger or okay. an Ironmonger. You know, there are people, but like you do without, you move on to the next bad. Yeah. In, in, when you're dealing That's, in movies, well, at least he he's going out, you know, at, in a great franchise of. Of shows, so um, that's going to be it for this week. Maybe we'll be back next week. <laughs> I think we will. Uh, yeah, maybe we will. No, we definitely will. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's going to be it for today on the Meta. I'm your host, Katie Barber. I've got James Pledger here with me. Thank you, Rob Thompson. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.